nails and fingers, and the tub filled with fragrant warm water that overflowed onto the tiled floor, and their hot mouths plundering his body. He felt the beginning of an erection. We're here, sir. Three hours later, when he'd finished with them, sated and content, the man ordered the limousine to head for Modi Road. He looked out the window of the limousine at the sparkling lights of the city that never slept. The Chinese had named it Gaolung, Nine Dragons, and he imagined them lurking in the mountains above the city, ready to come down and destroy the weak and the unwary. He was neither. They reached Modi Road. The Taoist priest waiting for him looked like a figure from an ancient parchment, with a classic, faded oriental robe and a long, wispy white beard. Jiao San! Jiao San! Gai Dou Qin! Ya Qin! Zhou! The priest closed his eyes in a silent prayer and began shaking the chim, the wooden cup filled with numbered prayer sticks. A stick fell out, and the shaking ceased. In the silence, the Taoist priest consulted his chart and turned to his visitor. He spoke in halting English. The gods say you will soon be rid of dangerous enemy. The man felt a pleasant jolt of surprise. He was too intelligent not to realize that the ancient art of Chim was merely a superstition, and he was too intelligent to ignore it. Besides, there was another good luck omen. Today was Agios Constantinos' day, his birthday. The gods have blessed you with good feng shui. Doje. Hawa. Five minutes later, he was in the limousine on his way to Kaitak, the Hong Kong airport, where his private plane was waiting to take him back to Athens. Chapter 1. Ionina, Greece, July 1948. She woke up screaming every night, and it was always the same dream. She was in the middle of a lake, in a fierce storm, and a man and a woman were forcing her head under the icy waters, drowning her. She awakened each time, panicky, gasping for breath, soaked with perspiration. She had no idea who she was, and she had no memory of the past. She spoke English, but she didn't know what country she was from or how she had come to be in Greece, in the small Carmelite convent that sheltered her. As time went by, there were tantalizing flashes of memory, glimpses of vague, ephemeral images that came and went too quickly for her to grasp them, to hold them and examine them. They came at unexpected moments, catching her off guard and filling her with confusion. In the beginning, she had asked questions. The Carmelite nuns were kind and understanding, but theirs was an order of silence, and the only one permitted to speak was Sister Teresa, the elderly and frail Mother Superior. Do you know who I am? No, my child, Sister Teresa said. How did I get to this place? At the foot of these mountains is a village called Ionina. You were in a small boat in the lake during a storm last year. The boat sank, but by the grace of God, two of our sisters saw you and rescued you. 
they brought you here. But where did I come from before that? I'm sorry, child. I do not know. She could not be satisfied with that. Hasn't anyone inquired about me? Hasn't anyone tried to find me? Sister Teresa shook her head. No one. She wanted to scream with frustration. She tried again. The newspapers, they must have had a story about my being missing. As you know, we are permitted no communication with the outside world. We must accept God's will, child. We must thank him for all his mercies. You are alive. And that was as far as she was able to get. In the beginning, she'd been too ill to be concerned about herself, but slowly, as the months went by, she had regained her strength and her health. When she was strong enough to move...